I just want, you know, I just wanted you to talk about the part where you shot your friend who had been attacked by a wolf. <laughs> That's that was, awesome. That was amazing. <laughs> Welcome to Behind the Sins, presented by Cinema Sins. Welcome to Behind the Sins, a weekly look at everything going on inside the world of Cinema Sins. I'm Aaron Dicer, and I'm joined as always by Jonathan Watkins. Hello, hello. And Danae Hughes. Not a pole dancer. We. We write for Cinema Sins and TV Sins and do various other things inside the Cinema Sins universes. I got well, you. That well, one got you. Listen, listen. So much context is needed. So much is context there, is, is there needed. Though, yes. Is there though? Listen we to the outtakes. Got... You'll hear it. <laughs> All right. Fair. Fair enough. <laughs> listen to the outtakes. That will explain yes. everything. So. A squishy pole dancer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Wait, I thought you said not a pole dancer. Now oh, I'm all mm-hmm. now I'm all confused. Now yeah, I'm all yeah, very, no, very I'm not. No. Uh, I do find it funny in uh, I just noticed this in my intro, which I do have uh, written out uh, so that it's easier for me just to say all this stuff. Uh, that it says I'm joined as always by Jonathan Watkins. Parentheses pause and then and Danae Hughes. No pause needed. <laughs> like it's like I had a I had a teacher in high school that supposed uh, the legend was the urban legend like an urban legend but the uh people theorized that in his notes he had comma he had like a parentheses of like drink takes a sip from coffee mug <laughs> right like everything is so intentional that you just feel yeah, like it's all yeah. scripted yeah I got a question I got yeah. a question I got a question I got a question why do you have to pause for Jonathan, whom you know will say hello, hello, but not me, who you do not know what I will do. I don't know. I was trying to figure this out. I was trying to think if it's if it seems if, backwards. If psychologically, like I, I want to make sure Jonathan knows he has the opportunity to say his thing, whereas like I know you'll just say whatever you want to <laughs> say. Like I don't have to. I don't, true. <laughs> I don't That's have true. to wait. I don't know. I don't remember when I wrote it. I just found it uh, a little bit humorous. Um, humorous. Uh, uh, next in my notes, by the way, uh, says Sinside Scoop. So uh, let's get into it. Let's do the Sinside Scoop. What's he building in there? I've got a Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. This is a true story. We're going to take a look at the videos from the week, the process of sending them, and how we felt about the stuff uh, we've been sending this past week. Uh, we'll kick it off with commercial sins. Interestingly enough, for our uh, Sin Club members, They've had this video for what a week and a half. <laughs> it's been crazy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we had a little a little mix up. So we're going to talk about the one we released for the Sin Club last week that is now going live. Uh, Hidden Valley Ranch BFD, and that is uh, Danae script. Danae writing Yo. on yeah. this one. Oh, yeah. awesome! Yeah. yeah. So uh, this is one that was interesting because it's my first time to do a commercial sin, and I chose this one. From the list that we are keeping of of uh, commercials that were suggested when we opened up the Commercial Sense Twitter account, so I just kind of went in and copy and pasted suggestions. So we kind of are working our way through those, just so you guys know we're listening. Mm-hmm. And I thought that I did a terrible job when I only had like ten sins or something. Uh huh. But the commercial is only fifteen seconds long, right? And so I just had to calm myself down. Uh, but it was one where I was just like, I've got to go back in and find more. And I'm like, this is a really short commercial. This is fine. It's fine. I actually sent it to Barrett though, because I needed his opinion on, on grilling. Cause I make a grilling <laughs> sin. I'm like, can you just check my work here? Cause I don't he's know the anything. One. He's the <laughs> yeah. one to ask about that stuff. I know. That's for sure. He's like our grilling expert. So yeah. I, and he said it was fine. 
So I was like, okay. I mean, have you actually tasted the food, though? I, mean, <laughs> I, haven't, I'm just, I haven't. That's I'm true. T- totally joking. He's our perceived a, grilling expert, at Barrett least. Is a, Barrett is a wonderful cook. I believe it. I believe it. Uh, did, well, what were some of your thoughts on the, the commercial or the sins or all that stuff? Like, this is your baby. It's so, like It's different to send commercials. We talked about this a little bit um, in our, like, a, a chat that we had in our staff uh, just as we're talking about, like, what it is like to send commercial sins. It's mm-hmm. different because it's more like MVS, very jokey. There are going to be sins, sure, but you're looking for the jokes more than you're looking for consistency and stuff, which is fun and it's fine. And it's just, it's a different, like you're really just having to access that joke space, which is uh, sometimes not easy to do. And um, the chat's it's already all getting- you. It's all you, right? It's all like, you. you don't you're have not a writing, writing with partner. a partner, yeah. No, uh, the system for commercial sins is that, you know, one person writes and then when Chris goes in, he will see which basically which ones he wants to put into production and he will read the script and make a decision if something needs to be uh, cut or tweaked. And that has happened a couple of times, but for the most part, it's just whatever you write is whatever goes. And it is a little bit nerve wracking, but um, I love how in the chat we've already got someone who says, wow, Danae shaming us for liking massive bowls of mac and cheese. That's the stuff. Like you're just looking for around going, what can I send here? And this woman is at this table talking about this essentially packet flavor of ranch dressing. And there's this massive bowl of macaroni and cheese. And you're just thinking like, that's a lot of macaroni and cheese. Mm-hmm. I will make too much. Every, making too much pasta is a problem. When I'm making pasta just for myself, I come out with pasta for 10 because I do not know how I, I like I'll grab a chunk and be like, yeah, that looks about good. And you just my wife. God, my wife is the same. She'll say she doesn't know how to cook for three people. It's insane. They actually make these little plastic things that have pre-cut holes in them where you and it says the portions on there so that you can like put it overneath over the top of the noodles. And then it that is what gives you a better uh, clue as to how much pasta to make. But these, now, these people make too much I, pasta. We have that. Now that I think through this, though, she might, because I'm the main one that cooks now, so she might just be saying that so I'll cook. <laughs> uh, yeah. I no, she really, she really has a hard time. She makes a lot of if food. If I do the laundry, uh, it'll can shrink. Can you have enough? Can you have too much mac and cheese? Though? Yes. I don't know. Yes. Because what are you going to do with know, it? Are you going to put in the refrigerator and reheat it? Like reheating macaroni and cheese sucks. Oh. No, no, you add milk to it. I do. Oh, it's and it sucks. Oh, I'm doing it wrong. It's not as good, but I don't think it sucks. You can add butter to it too. You can do whatever you want. So much problems for those of us with IBS. I'm just gonna say that. Jonathan, did you? Oh yeah, Jonathan. I I did you watch uh, Malcolm and Marie? Did you ever get around to seeing Malcolm and Marie? Uh, no, no, I did not. There is a whole macaroni and cheese like subplot to uh, to Malcolm and Marie <laughs> that this is reminding me of, and uh, and yeah, that's the Lakeith. Uh, like Keith Stanfield no, or whatever uh, is that? His... It's um Washington. Um, oh yeah, yeah, John, uh, John David. John, is it John D- Washington yeah. and um, Zendaya? Uh, what's her mm-hmm. name from Thor? Oh, Zendaya. Yeah. Okay, I was thinking it was Zendaya. Um, Zendaya. God, I can't think of it. Is it Zendaya or Zendaya? I don't know. I don't know. I just found out the actor Ruben Blades. I just found out for the. I never knew this. It's pronounced Blades apparently oh, because he's. Good. Anyhow, you know, I've been calling them Ruben Blades for like 40 years. Anyhow, I come down more on the, uh, yeah, make as much mac and cheese as you want. It's good for days uh, side of the equation. Just, you know, freshen it up with a little bit of milk and should be delicious. Uh, my favorite sin um, is based on the delivery of the 
you shut your mouth. <laughs> I love that one so yeah, much. That's so good. Um, but yeah, it was an interesting, or no, he says, you watch your mouth, young man. That's what it was. You watch your mouth, young man. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, uh, I don't like ranch uh, dressing. I don't like any dressings, really. Um, big, big, big surprise. The, yeah. I, I was just thinking, you know, usually there's at least, you know, something that I enjoy about it. So, yeah, like I've never gotten this thing of like um, I'm eating something that just doesn't taste good enough unless I put something else on it. And it's like, well, then why are you eating that thing? I don't know. It's it, question. Yeah. Question. No, no. There's many different reasons to use condiments. Sure, I agree. It, I agree. It, I'm, I'm oversimplifying I, I'm, I'm, My wife and I are huge condiment yeah, people. Yeah, I'm being we, very we, reductive. We, totally. I know. Um, but what do you put on salad or do you just not eat salad? When I eat, eat salad, it's plain. I just eat lettuce. Do you you put like vegetables in there though, right? Like tomatoes or cheese or something? Not necessarily. I have so you just eat like a bag of lettuce. Yeah. Yeah. I'll just I'll just have okay. some lettuce. I I know people that do that. That's fine. Um lettuce doesn't taste like anything, but that's fine. <laughs> it most certainly does. It tastes like lettuce. Tastes like grass. Uh yeah, maybe a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> not, not that I eat grass uh, uh all the time. So uh so this all one the time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all the time. Just that. <laughs> Guys, you I'm guys not want a huge to know how Aaron mows his yard. Aaron, like uh, his wife, just pulls up his legs and then he just eats. Uh-huh. As yeah, they... that's how we mow. It's just you know, it's what you do. Try to get to sleep with that nightmare image in your head. Now. I did, however, love this video. Um, the of course the initials had to be sinned in various different ways, uh, and I really appreciated that. Uh, I loved the sin about uh, gripping a tiny tub of seasoning while grilling. Um, that should have been rubbed on the meat before now. If the dry rub falls off uh, often enough that you need a flip can of ranch seasoning at the ready, you're dry rubbing wrong. Uh, and just the phrase <laughs> dry rubbing wrong uh, made me laugh quite a bit. So yeah, that was good that, stuff. It helps that I don't know how to grill. So I don't actually know terminology. I just made right. it up. I'm right there yeah. with you. Right yeah. there with you. Jonathan, what are some of your thoughts? Uh, we always, uh, I could go open my pantry right now and show you that not only do we have ranch, we have about four or five different flavors of ranch. We are big ranch mm-hmm. people. You're uh, a big we, flavor delivery family. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. We've never done the seasoning though. Like, so, but I mean, actual ranch dressing, uh, you know, and we are exclusively Hidden Valley. Oh. Um, I don't know. That's just what we've always gotten. And I've never ventured into other territories. But yeah, man, salad. French fries, uh, steak, pizza. My boys uh, eat my, it with pizza my all wife, the time. My wife and daughter do. I can't do that. Uh, my wife and daughter do. I use garlic for pizza sometimes, yeah. but I can't do ranch. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so no, so yeah, so we're Hidden Valley people. We're BFD people. We're all about the <laughs> the BFD. You watch BFD your mouth, family, in the Watkins household. You watch your mouth, young the man. The WHD. Uh, so you guys mentioned a couple that I had down. The one I had down, I don't think you've mentioned, was uh, also word out around the street. Is the definition of BFD at the HVR HQ has been updated to mean big fucking disaster? I thought that was very funny. <laughs> it was great. It was great. I love when we play around with initials and ah uh, yes and, and all that kind oh, of yeah. stuff. Yeah, it's... I I felt like there were more in there, and I was like, mm-hmm. I kind of want other people to write on this because there's some there's there are some things to mine here. Yeah, it's really... I would die, though, if my daughter said, hey, daddy, it's time for BFD. I'd be like, I don't know what that is. Let me get your funny. mother. <laughs> Sounds like you need to have a talk with her, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think that's a talk uh, we have together. So I, uh, I, I just wrote my first commercial sins recently, and it is an interesting Woo! experience. <laughs> I wasn't looking for plaudits. I was Woo! just saying, <laughs> I think I'm Woo-woo. the last person to write one. 
Um, but uh, but it was an interesting experience because you're right. There is that part of you that's like, I like someone else writing with me because it sharpens me, right? I like someone else who can, you know, tell me where my shtick is going too far mm-hmm. or, you know, that can, you know, add the thing that they're good at that I'm not quite as good at. Yeah. But but it's but it's a good exercise for us, I think. It's really good to come face to face with what your own yeah. like style and sense of humor sounds like when it's just you, you know? Yeah. Um, it is it is different. I I had written a couple of music video sins by myself just for like Barrett was out of town or something. But mm-hmm. uh I hadn't done it much. So yeah, it's it's definitely it's very different when you write one of these. Yeah. Uh all right, let's move into TV sins. We are still going through Rick and Morty's new season. Uh episode 6 we send this week. The for some reason Thanksgiving episode, uh the Thanksploitation Spectacular. Um Jonathan and Danae. Uh, writing on this one as per the theme this week um so yeah what'd you guys think of this episode jonathan let's start with you um it was i i don't know i'm 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 confused i don't remember what the actual rating on this one was on imdb but it was higher than the sperm episode that everybody (laughs) just hated and i don't know i guess it's just i mean everybody hated is a little bit of an overstatement but yes it is it was less but i mean just the general consent general consensus you know and and the general consensus for this one i guess was that it was it was decent this just this just fell pretty much 100 percent flat for me like it just didn't hit me Mm um uh you know maybe i don't know uh it just I, i don't know it just fell flat for me i i i didn't i i mean it was it was weird and i know rick and morty does that a lot but it wasn't weird like in a funny way it was just kind of like i don't get any of this and i'm not laughing mm-hmm. the only thing i did find kind of funny was uh jerry's refusal to not have thanksgiving uh there was something about that that i found hilarious mm-hmm. or, or funny you know amusing that you know there's that one part where all this shit's going on and they're just sitting there eating thanksgiving dinner and they're getting on to rick for arguing at the table and i don't know it just jerry's the best that was kind of amusing I think jerry's to me. the best he, I, I think he might be my favorite person on this mm-hmm. show um but uh but yeah no i just didn't i didn't find this funny and there was a lot of it was really easy to send for the most part because like, you know, there was the whole thing about just the stuff, like the the turkey looking like the president, like that didn't make any sense. Um, you know, that was a that was a pretty, you know, there was just a lot of stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but yeah, just did not enjoy it uh, as far as personal, mm-hmm. you know, preference. And then the sin, a couple of the sins I really liked, uh, I love Danae's observation of wearing heels on a lawn. Mm-hmm. And then right after that, she follows it with also wearing socks with heels on a lawn. <laughs> And then I like the one about where they're just talking about like, you know, no one was harmed or whatever. And then the narrator's just like forgetting Fincher and fucking Rodriguez. I know. That's one of my favorite ones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just out of context, it's, I mean, you know, I, you'd have to watch the video, but when you're watching it, it's hilarious. Um, and then uh, I loved also the observation of let it be known that it cannot be an official episode of Rick and Morty until a questionable egg dish has been placed on the dining room table. This is something that has bothered Danae. From like day one with Rick and Morty or the Aaron egg dishes, too, I, I think. think. Yeah, I write some oh, of those too. There, okay. Yeah. Yep. I guess I just assumed Danae had written all of them. No, no. But uh... that's okay. <laughs> then they're fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Danae, what about you? Yeah, this one was a an, an interesting and easy one to send. I think like there's so many different parts of it that like kind of fall apart as you're watching it. There's this whole exposition expositional series where it's you know the president uh, going back and forth. It cuts back and forth between the president and uh, Rick, who are plotting out this whole Thanksgiving shenanigans mm-hmm. that we 
come to understand happens regularly, which is that Rick is trying to get a pardon for all of his crimes or whatever by becoming a turkey. I can't even remember what he did. Uh, it had to do with the very beginning with the... Uh, he shot a laser that... Uh, <laughs> Went straight around the world, um, even though apparently and, it was aimed too far up for Danae. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Oh, yeah. Oh, I guess, that was I guess we're talking about that now. Let's have our therapy. I like therapy. how I got yelled at, too. Let's have our therapy time. Let's have our therapy time. It really is fine. I just didn't understand it. I just didn't understand the sin. It's okay. Sometimes one of us doesn't understand the sin, and the, the person who's leading the sin, uh, you're leading the script, gets to make the call. So there you go. Didn't I cut it? No, you left. The, no, no, it's in there. It's in no. there. Yeah. No, because I said let's just keep it. Yeah, because I, you care about me, Jonathan. You're my <laughs> no, I like I liked the sin, but my point was you should make the decision. You wrote the sin, so it's whatever you want to do, and you took I that to me, and I didn't want it, and then you yelled at both of lead. us. I hate it. <laughs> you do, it's, yeah. I don't enjoy being a lead. It's my least favorite part of my job. Is <laughs> being like well, I, was, I think I was oh, the lead I, on this one. I, I was just a final call, you know. But um, at the same time, I also am a control freak. So it's a constant struggle. I understand working with me is just a massive pain in the ass. It's just a bag um, of contradictions sometimes. But uh, the, the the whole thing back and forth is that they all know each other's plan. And then there's also then confusion about the plan. And so those there was some easy stuff to send. We did, we did apparently miss the DNA thing, which uh, apparently the, D, the explanation of the pill DNA was explained in the song. And so we have a sin very specific about there's no reason for this to have worked because it shouldn't have the president's DNA inside of it. But apparently the song explained that. And I mm. I hate it that does. I, that. I mean, it does a little bit, but, you know, again, we we're going to miss. Yeah, apparently. we all missed it. We're all going to miss something every once in a while. Yeah. Uh, and I but, you know, the comments we, we get to so every once in a while, we'll make a mistake. And it, it's a reminder of how quickly the, the comment section turns into a roast fest. <laughs> um, and I am happy to say I'm still not bothered by it. Yeah. Like, it's really interesting to be such pop. Like, we're not exactly public figures necessarily. Like, we, we have a very public job that a lot of people interact with because we're trying to entertain a lot of people. And so it sucks when we, quote unquote, get something wrong, uh, especially when there's an explanation for it within the show that we just missed, uh, but that the narrative of the comments is often that we just don't give a fuck. And I think what I love about this outlet for behind the scene, uh, the sins where we go behind the scenes is that we get to talk to those who like know what we do mm-hmm. and how much we care about it and how much work goes into it. Like how many times we watch each episode or how many times we go over the notes and how many times we review it and how many times we go back over the edits. Like it's a, it's a massive process. And you guys know that, that listen, but there is a greater portion of the audience that interacts with our stuff that doesn't realize that we actually care a lot about what we do. Um, But it's really interesting to read those comments and I don't, I didn't feel like I needed to respond to them or that I had to explain myself. So that was a, that was a really cool feeling today when I went back over some of the notes. But it's still, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, but it still makes other things about it confusing, which we did send the fact that how did the president get changed back? Yes. Sure. Because he no longer had it. So, you know, I don't know. There's a lot to sin. And we're going to miss mm-hmm. some things that some people think are obvious. And we're going to send something that could technically be a mistake that we can actually explain away. Right. We could go. The sin is still there. And we we actually said a lot on the show when we're kind of going over different angles that the comment section will bring up. But uh, there's still something to sin there. We might have written it differently had we realized that it was part of the song. Um, but 
Yeah. So it was we, a, this was an interesting one. We pursue accuracy because it's funnier. It's funnier when you're right. It's not quite as funny when you're wrong. That's mm-hmm. why we pursue. We, we, at the end of the day, our goal isn't to be like a list of things that are wrong with something. That's not our, our ultimate goal is to have fun being that nitpicking mentality. So that's, that's kind of part one that I always tell myself when the comments kind of, you know, land on something that we've made a mistake about is like, you know, yeah, that's okay. We, we made a mistake and that makes that joke maybe a little less funny, but we're still having a good time together. Right. And then the Mm -hmm. second part of it is of course people are going to nitpick us. Like that's what we do. So the people who like that, who like that, uh, you know, idea of finding those flaws and pointing them out, of course, they're going to tell us when we make a mistake. That should be expected and normal, and we're cool with it. Like, you know, yeah. I mean, if you're doing it in, in especially in a fun way, that's even better. Like, if you have a yes. like a fun I way to those. tell us that we've made a mistake, that's what we're all about. Yeah. You know, is is the humor and the yeah. You know, I definitely kind of yeah, I, mean, I, I do see I don't those care respectful if you tell me ones. Yeah. yeah, and there are people that just have a good time, um, and they'll point things out. Um, they'll explain things that we missed or something. Uh, but there were more. There was just a little bit more like of that flippancy mm-hmm. and so yeah it was nice to kind of feel the distance from that yeah um some of my favorite sins is like the delivery of that's resist which are, that <laughs> mm-hmm. was pretty good uh shimmering your prostate mm-hmm. was I one that one down too yeah i i don't i actually tried to find out if there was something called shimmering i decided not to click on some things i'll just say that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you, listen. It, every every verb has some definition at the Urban Dictionary that's you know going to going to be a little bit interesting. Yeah. Um, the very clear sin that there were six Turkifiers and then only and then fewer on the next round mm-hmm. or eight eight down to six. Uh, that was a really fun uh, observation. And then like like uh, Jonathan said, just like forgetting about. Fincher and Rodriguez. I I thought that was a pretty big um, that, problem with this that, episode. Like, all of a sudden, there's two things gone or whatever. I that's something I've noticed in a lot of things. Like we did that. We send that in the in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory because that boat doesn't have enough seats to fit two of the people. So if dude doesn't you know drown in the river, yeah, isn't that <laughs> where, strange? Where are they riding? You know, yeah, it's so strange. And I know from a set designer, they want to fill everything up, right. but it's just, you know, they're not thinking about that. But I just, it is funny though. Yeah. Yep. But uh, there's a, I had a good time writing this one. So I think uh, overall, I may have liked this episode a little more than you guys, although I didn't love it. It's not my favorite uh, of the season. I think I really dug the President Rick shtick. Um, and Keith David is is so much fun. And I like his, his oh, yeah. performance uh, in this. Um, you know, it's not, it's, it wouldn't be in the, the top echelon of my Rick and Morty episodes, but I had a good time with it. Um, the, I like that his rivalry with Rick is more important to him right. than running the country. Right. I yes, think that's exactly. hilarious. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love that whole thing. Um, so yeah, I enjoyed that. Um, the, the only thing that, that you guys had mentioned that I'd written down was the one that was because bird stomachs are just filled with air. So when you punch them, whatever's inside, just cannons to the outside, super scientific. Like, uh, I just love the way that one was worded in, in the observation. So I thought I'd mention that one, too. Uh, all right, let's move on to the Loki. Uh, the Loki this week is Journey into Mystery. It is the fifth, the penultimate episode of the first season. 
Um, and this was the one where we really get the majority of the like the world building of this like prison that they send people to, which heretofore we had been led to believe was maybe was like the, like death or something yeah, annihilation that, yeah you of just some sort cease to exist from mm-hmm. any timeline at all but well you can get annihilated by a lyoth i mean you that's, could get that's annihilated. true apparently that still is a thing but that happens to most of these they people no he was a lion <laughs> it's true we should have said that oh wait we did <laughs> um this was also a jonathan and danae script uh as per the theme this week so um so yeah, Danae, why don't you kick us off with some of your thoughts on this episode and the sins? Uh, yeah, there's interesting things happening here where we're finally getting out of the very, very, very boring TVA, and that's exciting. Um, I mean, we did we did get to go like planet hopping for some, you know, end of the world stuff. That's true, but now it's different. Now we're like mm-hmm. we're out of it, uh, and or at least we think we are, and maybe we're moving on to something, you know, where we're actually Loki versing. Mm-hmm. At least we think we are. Um, I think for me, there's a couple things that took me, well, as I'm sending it, uh, that took me out pretty quickly. Um, the idea that if these, so, so when the, when the episode starts, you're looking at this like group of Lokis from these different universes. Mm-hmm. And I guess my assumption ruins a bit of what the reality is, or maybe the reality ruins it because my assumption would have been a better idea. I thought we were going to be in maybe like a kingdom or something where there's just people like something there because but but instead we're in this wasteland where a group of Lokis just happened to be walking by when another Loki appeared. And I can't get over that unless I'm missing something. (laughs) I cannot get over that. Well, I can kind of tell you what I what I think the the explanation is supposed to be. Sure. Is that because Loki is who he is through all his versions, he is a survivor. Like that like Loki's thing is he uses his sneakiness, his wit, his beguiling to just survive, somehow survive. Even when he dies, he survives. And so the idea that this world where all the, you know, people are sent who don't belong in timelines, all of them die except the Lokis because the Lokis, that's their thing. They just survive. And so they have their system. And then these people, you know, this group is out there looking for Lokis, um, you know, throughout. So that, I think that's the idea, whether that works for you or not. Like that's, you know, yeah. totally a different story. But I think that is the idea is that the Lokis are the ones that survive this world because they're Lokis. Yeah, but that still doesn't make a lot of sense in that this is still a massive world where they're like, we got to keep moving. We got to keep moving. We can't stay in the same spot. And they live in a hunkered underground layer. Why would they go near an Elioth? I don't think it's a massive world. I I, I don't think it it's like felt a, pretty big. I think it's a, a really small planet. Like the zoom oh, okay. in we see, especially in the last, I know this is next episode, but we see a zoom in on the area and that castle like takes up like the entire top of this tiny little planet. So I don't, I don't think there's a lot of real estate. Okay. Um, which visually, then you should see the curvature of the the planet a little bit more, but but yeah. <laughs> well, we forgot to send that part. Though. Yes, we, we did. We did. We forgot that. Um, I don't know. I just thought that that was uh, obviously they have to meet up. Obviously, yeah. they have to yeah. meet up. Um, I just thought that it was very uh, on a show where I feel like they're just doing a lot of easy things to tell a story. Mm-hmm. It was another easy thing on top of it, so it's yeah. it just soured my experience. And then we get to the part where you know. 
you've got these versions of Loki. So for Loki fans, this is really exciting and stuff. And for Marvel fans, all the Easter eggs are really exciting on this episode as well. And there are a lot of them. There are uh, blogs upon blogs that are dedicated to breaking down so much of what you see mm-hmm. in this particular episode and previous as well. But this one in particular was like just a gag fest for it. So so you've got these Lokis that have this like these powers and that's very interesting but if the illusions fail for Eliath, why do they succeed in the fight? Mm-hmm. And and those are the questions that linger at the end of this as a, as a person who is sitting the episode. As a person right. who is trying to enjoy the episode, I think that we're still just watching this particular Loki find the heart that we, the viewer, want him to have. And we get to see that in various ways in this particular episode. Um, so... That continues to be a bit interesting if that's what you're here for. But I had a lot right. about this episode. I loved uh, I loved our, our script um, together. I thought it was a lot of fun to do. Uh, so, um, but yeah, I could tell you about them a little bit, I guess. One of the ones I really enjoyed was <laughs> the uh, alcoholic beverage one. Because if you zoom in on that thing, this is one where I can't believe I didn't tell them to zoom in. When I was watching it back, I was like, why didn't I have them zoom in? It just shows, it just points to the label. And we asked the audience to believe it. We didn't actually zoom in on the text. And I can't believe I didn't do that because usually we do. But the text actually says that you will become pregnant if you drink rather than um, Mm -hmm. a warning. And I thought that was was pretty funny. Yeah. Um got to mention the the kermit doozer uh fashion choices of the i guess original loki mm-hmm. i i think marvel fans love to see the wink and nod to the old costumes like in wandavision when they have their halloween episode mm-hmm. and they get to dress up in their old costumes and so it's just interesting to see how costumes have evolved so much so um but yeah uh i I liked the the premise of the two Lokis. I think Jonathan did a good job of pointing out like that the premise of this is that there's two Lokis and there's these different variants and thing, things like this. I, I wrote down so much. This is one where I wrote down too many sins that I enjoyed. And I, I'm kind of uncomfortable <laughs> just keeping talking about it. So I'm gonna let you guys go. Listen, that is what this show is. This <laughs> show is just bragging on all those amazing sins you you wrote. So, yeah. No, not Feel the free. ones I wrote, the ones we wrote. <laughs> yeah yes yes obviously that's that's what i oh, meant i do i guess i do want to say though that there's one where we mentioned like yellow ja- uh yellow jackets helmet and weather top mm-hmm. and what's really funny is that the shadow on this one i think was barrett mm-hmm. and he was like i don't understand this and and the the joke is is that weather top is from lord of the rings mm-hmm. that's this that's the joke uh and so once i once we kind of explained it in its simplicity that then he's like, oh, okay, okay, okay. Like we're pulling in different references. So yeah. I did, I did enjoy that. Uh, we yep. put something in there that doesn't belong, and the idea that we control people about it makes me kind of happy. Yeah, because I'm a sick person now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it was the job, the job that's done the, that. Yeah, 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 it's yeah. I wasn't this way before. The, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, yeah. Uh, Jonathan, what about you? What did you think of this uh, this episode and uh, some some of your favorite scenes? Um, I mean, it's probably, I guess, it's my favorite. Um, of this but i don't i don't know what that says but i i one thing i i mean this is silly but i really like that the title was journey into mystery that was a really cool uh callback to the mm-hmm. the original comic that uh loki and thor were were in and um i also i mean i richard e grant is uh is a treasure so anytime he pops up in something that little vampire sin came from the heart i did watch the little vampire because richard e grant nice. was in it and uh that's a bad movie don't watch it um <laughs> 
was Jonathan Lipnicki trying to keep his fame going. Oh. Post Jerry Maguire. I think I think I'm getting that right. I think that's the one I'm talking about. But anyways, uh, so it was okay. Like I I I mean it was fun, but I I still at the end I just I felt like it was a lot of just you know uh, Easter eggs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I mean there is definitely the story is progressing. I'm not saying that, but I don't know. It just there was plenty to send. I guess yeah. is what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, I enjoyed, as far as the sins, I enjoyed sending that the TVA are dicks because they send people out here with no tread on their shoes. I thought that was it. <laughs> uh, he and had then, no tread on his shoes. It's true. Do you know no, how slippery that is? That's just dangerous for action. We've got mm-hmm. two two different videos with sins about footwear and the problems with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is happening? I don't know. Our uh, worlds continue to. <laughs> Um, I, the sin with, uh, you know, we're trying to figure out like why, uh, uh, Owen Wilson is driving that car. And then we, uh, kind of make the comment that it, you know, it could be a car's reference maybe. And I've had to do all this research and then the sin ends with, so the sin can be for wasting time on pointless research or having to watch a car's reference. Fuck it. I'm giving it to because I'm annoyed. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that was kind of also just pointing out like all the different, like the Easter eggs and stuff you had to figure out, which Danae had a couple sins about that too. And then I just love the simplicity of the line in the show was you have no idea how uncomfortable this is. And then the sin was, so don't wear it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. But yeah, those are my thoughts. Uh, I continue to uh, kind of take my journey into loving this show uh, with this episode. Um, I think all that culminates in the final episode. But here I, f- I, like, I felt my um, excitement about like Loki figuring out who he is, like his self-therapy, like all that stuff. It amplifies here because this episode, more than any other, has so many different versions of him that he starts to really see the commonalities and he starts to really start um, to define himself. Like he starts to figure out uh, and have some self-actualization. And, you know, Janae, you said something earlier about like, if you're into that stuff, you, you're probably loving this. And I was like, yep, that's me. I've Raise my hand, like, you know, that stuff is the stuff that I lock on to. And so I think this episode kind of continues to move us in that direction in some really interesting ways. I do I do have a question though. So you you're you you don't mind I mean, I think the main thing here is you don't mind Loki becoming more of a good guy. I kinda love it. Um I, I love what it has See, and I, I have more of that Rick and Morty thing right. where it right. feels very forced and it mm-hmm. just doesn't make sense and to shortcut. me. It feels like it's shortcutted. Yeah. Like, especially, I totally get it. Especially the way this plot works out. Especially considering the Loki we have didn't actually experience some of the things that are, are changing his idea of himself. Well, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like. He literally sees them in a slideshow, and that's supposed to. And I think we send this in that episode. That's supposed to have like this deep impact on him, even though he didn't live those yeah. things. Like the Loki I know from that time, he's not going to buy that. Like, why would first of all he even believe it? Like, you know, he would think that he's being tricked or played. Um, and secondly, why would he change? So yes, it is shortcutted. I just like what it's doing, and so I kind of accept the shortcuts. Right? Like, I, I mm-hmm. like what it's trying to say about the character. I like what it's trying to say about um, being human, even though technically, you know, he's not the same version of human as we are. Um, but uh, but anyhow, so so I do enjoy that stuff. Um, I also uh, thought that the world building in this felt a little bigger, a little like we're starting to understand 
mm-hmm. uh, a little more of what's going on. So that those revelations felt nice to me. So I did like the episode. Um, as far as the sins video goes, great job, guys. This this is one of those fun experiences because I think, like you said, Barrett, we was know. The, reviewer on this <laughs> right yes thank you um this is for me this is one of those experiences and... where i get a script i do my best to in in you know and obviously i've seen the episode um but uh to interpret you know what's been written but i'm not playing like a creative uh part other than just doing the narration and so like watching these videos is is often fun for me um in a different way than some of the others are um because for the most part you know um up until recently adding a couple writers, the three of us have been on most of these videos as either a writer or a reviewer. So it's it's been an interesting mm-hmm. experience not to always have that. Uh, but I liked the uh, actual footage of my wife attempting to have bathroom alone time somehow makes its way into this, this episode. <laughs> just, the, just the flashing Danae is a mom uh, sign guys, going off in my brain. Guys, like. <laughs> yeah. But I think you changed it to me going to the bathroom because it had to make more sense. So I think in the script it was my wife, but you changed mm-hmm. it in the video to be actual footage of me in the bathroom. Yes. Yeah. Which I, you know, we continue to still learn like what each narrator is comfortable with narrating. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. So, but yes, that is my fucking life is just leave me alone so I can shit in peace. Thank you very much. <laughs> she's yes. just kind of like squatting. Yeah, like in, she's like squatting in fear. And I'm like, uh-huh. yeah, I, I get that. I yep. feel that. I just, um, I just don't answer any questions asked to me while I'm in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> I pretend not to exist uh, yeah. when I'm in the bathroom. It's hot. <laughs> I remember watching uh, like parenting memes and obviously when parents comment a lot on something you're gonna expect it and one of the most common things is just the kid outside the door just Mm. desperately trying to get your attention so i fully expected it to happen but experiencing it is something entirely different where Mm -hmm. i mean thank god for smartphones you know otherwise i would just be sitting there like listening to this child hammering against the door mom mama like just god Go find something to do. What happened? Find something to do, please. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, something slides under the door. Anyway. Yeah. No, I hear you. I'm with you. That's my life. That's my life. Uh, And then I had to mention the uh, Polybius perverts play by producing psychoactive permutations purposely placed by pandering policy poo faces who push psychological programs without punishment. Um, Always going to love some alliteration. Well, well done. And to end that with. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> um, That's I'll... the difference between you and Jeremy, because Jeremy would be cursing at us on the audio track. <laughs> Could be. I'll Could talk be. about that uh, in my keeping tabs. Oh, nice. But, um, that was the one we alluded to a while back, that when Barrett reviewed our script, uh, the sin here was just the game itself, making the assumption that people knew what it was, right? Mm-hmm. And he said, I want more here. And I was like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. And it was like, you either cut it because it's not worth the more. You're just kind of like barely going for something. Mm-hmm. But I, I wanted it needed to be sinned, I felt. And so that's when I went to town on that one and came back. And, I went, and I'm like, yeah, thank you for asking for more because then this happened. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's um, nice to get pushed. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, that was that. That was that sin. I, I now remember all this happening. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. It's been a minute. Uh, one more Loki to go um, with the first season, which I think they have. I mean, a f- maybe we're not supposed to give away future videos, Aaron. <laughs> well, God, Aaron, too doing? bad. Too bad. <laughs> we're doing the finale. Let's move on to music video sins. Justin Bieber. The song is called Stay. Ugh. Barrett writing this one. Did Barrett have anything to uh, to say this you week? You say 
No, that's say, not stay. This is stay. That song is called Stay, though. You do only hear what you want to, because I just said. But the Lisa Loeb Loeb song is called Stay, right? It may be. Yeah, it might be. I'm not the one to ask. And I thought what I felt was simple. Sorry. Uh, (laughs) Yes, that song is called Stay, and you say Stay is where that song goes. Anyways, uh, Barrett very quickly says, the kid, is that how it's? I I honestly don't know. The kid, Laura O.I., uh, seems like a Bieber Jr., so it makes sense that he was featured on this track. I don't hate it, but I hate it. That's all he has to say. Oh, okay, fair enough. Um, yeah, I thought this I one was hated visually it. interesting. <laughs> I did right? too. Like, I thought the video was interesting. Yeah, visually, I look at this and I think somebody put some money in a little video. Uh, there is something very cool about playing with um, like a stop motion or when they put the cameras all around a room and they do like a matrix thing. I just think that stuff looks really cool. So visually, I thought this was very interesting. That's about it. Yeah. Yeah. What about some of the sins? What were some of the sins you liked? Um, I enjoyed the uh the the song lyric is I get drunk, I wake up, I'm wasted still. And the sin is you may think that he's drinking too much, but I'm honestly guessing that he's just sleeping too little. I don't know why that one mm-hmm. made me laugh quite a lot. Yeah. Um and then the sin about how like it's 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 Justin Bieber staying on this roof and he's kind of like jumping up and down singing or like stomp singing like kind of stomping back and forth singing and the sin is about like getting the sense that bieber warms up like this before shows and he just parks himself on the corner of some rando roof and sings the city top of his lungs until someone opens a window and tells him to shut the fuck up i thought that was really funny as well and uh yeah there's one about the cassia keyboard like they he they play mm-hmm. a little bit and it's like uh you know getting one at a flea market in nebraska for a few bucks and um, there was somebody in the comment section. Rebecca says, as a matter of fact, the intro to the song was created on a Roland Juno 60 synthesizers from a synthesizer from 82 by a talented man by the name of Charlie Puth or Puth. I'm not sure how to say his name. Puth. Charlie Puth. Puth. I think it's Puth. Yeah. 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 He is talented. He's very talented. Um, I lyrically, this song seems to be about the idea of I know I'm terrible. I know I keep messing up, but please be patient with me please stick around please you know don't leave me like so there's there's this idea of self-defeat and need for um redemption while knowing that we're weak and there's some deep stuff in there i don't know that the song really goes to the level of exploring it in a super meaningful way but um but there's a human emotion there that i think is easy to identify with you know the idea of like don't leave i know i screwed up you know, please stay kind of thing. Um, so, so yeah, that was, you know, as far as the song goes, that's, that's what I pulled from it. Um, it's not terrible to listen to. Uh, I actually like Justin Bieber's sound. Um, so, you know, I've enjoyed his stuff before. Uh, as far as the sins go, uh, the farm fresh, 100% pure sin was probably (laughs) my favorite. Uh, you know, learning to doubt, uh, the the advertising when it goes a little too far. Uh, anytime Milk says it's super fresh, it always tastes like Justin Bieber's armpit. Uh, I thought that was uh, clever and funny. Um, and then the final sin where uh, the nar- uh, narrator is like, um, I got to get to this meeting. Uh, yeah, I'm yeah. running a youth group at the church down the street. Yeah, that's I'm totally super religious now. Found Jesus and stuff. Okay, uh, bye. Um, I just thought all that was <laughs> delivered really well and, and really funny. Uh, what about you, Jonathan? 
Um, I mean, I didn't really like the song. I have liked Bieber in the past, uh, much like you said, but I don't know that I've like. I, this is better than that the Peaches song or whatever that we covered a, a few mm-hmm. weeks ago. Yeah, uh, it had a little bit better, you know, rhythm to it and everything. So I mean, I don't know. I it was okay, but it wasn't. I didn't really care for it. Um, as far as the sins, a couple I wrote down, um, where he's, I guess he's kind of like somewhat passed out or whatever. And he's just like, Hey man, you want to maybe wake up for your own fucking music video? Fucking lazy ass Gen Zers. (laughs) (laughs) And then there was like a lyric, something about like, you know, uh, you know, please don't go or whatever. And he's like in that weird, like exorcist position, like on the bed where he's Mm -hmm. like, you know, crouched up. And then the sin was dude, she's already gone. If you weren't all cocked up on the bed in this weird position, maybe you'd have realized that she wasn't there and could have started singing this shitty song several hours earlier. So mm-hmm. I thought that was really- All right, let's move into Cinema Sins. We send The Hangover 2. Uh, this was an Atkinson share script. Chris and Barrett writing on this one. Uh, what did they have to say uh, about putting this one together? Uh, Chris says um, he he has one of the patented Chris responses, which I love. So he says, Hangover 2 is a cash grab sequel that repeats every single beat of the first movie. Why do drugs that typically calm people down, incapacitate them, or put them to sleep make these guys go fucking crazy? Who knows? Ultimately, this movie just is not funny. I'm going to go deep into a sin that in the end might not even be a sin, and it's hard to describe without being a little confusing. <laughs> the main characters of this movie are looking for Stu's fiance's brother, Teddy. When they are stuck and have no idea where to go next, they find a message written on Alan's stomach. It tells them to meet someone at a restaurant at such and such time. So they go. They aren't the people intended to go to this meeting. It's their buddy, Mr. Chow, who was supposed to go. And he's supposed to transfer money to an arms dealer. The only reason we know Mr. Chow is supposed to be at this meeting is because at the end of the credits, where we see the pictures of everything that happened during the wild night, Chow is on his phone and writes the time and place of the meeting on Alan's tummy at the strip club because that's what you do. The main characters meet with Paul Giamatti inside the restaurant, and Giamatti plays an undercover Interpol agent who pretends to be the arms dealer. In this scene, we don't know he's with Interpol yet. He claims to have Teddy, and he threatens his life if they don't deliver Mr. Chow to them. And then we find out later he didn't even have Teddy, that he was using the information that uh, he was missing to get Mr. Chow. They promise to deliver Mr. Chow the next day to the same restaurant, only it's in an outside dining area this time. Once Chow transfers the money, Giamatti reveals himself to be an agent. A Bangkok PH helicopter shows up and they arrest him. Giamatti then admits he doesn't have Teddy and the movie puts itself in a dead end once more until Stu has his Dr. House moment. I thought about these two scenes way more than I should have. The first thing I thought of was way too argumentative. I won't get into that here, but I knew something was wrong between these two scenes. If Paul Giamatti was supposed to meet with Mr. Chow inside the restaurant in the first meeting, why wasn't that meeting also outside because of the whole helicopter stuff mm-hmm. where he could set up the arrest involving a helicopter? Why aren't there any laptops set up in the first meeting inside the restaurant? There are many visible laptops in the second meeting, but not in the first one. Also, if Chow is supposed to wire money to this bank account, why does he even have to meet with anyone? The movie shows clearly that Chow has all the information necessary to make a transfer anywhere. He has internet access. It's the kind of sin where you might be able to explain everything, but the movie clearly set up the first meeting, knowing Mr. Chow wouldn't be there. Not No one in the movie world knows that, but the people making the movie know that. And this is a lot of writing about something that isn't a big deal, but trying to explain something like this in a, as few words as possible. Is it worth it? Maybe not. But it's also a fun exercise, at least for me, to consider that two scenes like this um, and think of it in terms of what do these characters know? And what do people making the movie know? 
and seeing if there's a contradiction there. I may not have succeeded, but I know what I mean and I'm content with it. Anyway, that's the, that's what the sin writing process is like sometimes. Yeah. Interesting. It is like that sometimes. Wow. I've had, (laughs) I've had that happen too, where you're trying to figure out how do I succinctly say this thing? Mm -hmm. And it is tricky. I thought he did a good job, um, in the script itself because I mean, obviously, uh, trying to get across all that information, like I said, like all boiled down together can be tricky, but having not seen this movie, um, I understood what was happening. And that's the trick to writing a sin like this is you have to explain it just enough where people who haven't seen it or haven't seen it in a while, remember the important details while also explaining the contradiction itself. And Chris does a really good job of those kind of analytical sins. He's incredible at it. Uh, what about Barrett? Uh, Barrett said something really short and simple. He said the hangover two is more debaucherous debauchery for the sake of debaucherous <laughs> Sorry, Barrett. Uh, it can go and blow. And, no, it can go and do blow with that dealer monkey for all I care. I didn't like the first one, but this one was truly offensive. Well, there you go. Laying it down. Neither of them not uh, liking this movie at all. Um, I guess I will, uh, start and just say, I agree. I don't, there's nothing about this movie that I enjoy. Um, I have seen it and I, it, it's one thing when you kind of make a carbon copy of a movie that you think is really funny and, you know, clever and good. It's another thing when you make a carbon copy of a movie that probably succeeded mostly on, um, compelling acting choices as opposed to what the plot was and the type of humor. Um, and that was kind of my experience. I didn't love the hangover, but I was compelled by some of the, the characters, um, in the way they were used. And I think this, this one just gets wrong so much about what actually worked about the hangover and, um, and tries to emphasize things too much. There's a sin, um, about just how the, the movie relies on the Allen character more in hangover two. And I thought it was so good. It's that common thing where you take a character that's meant to be in small doses and make them kind of large doses of the movie. And it just, you know, I don't, I think it really messes with this uh, movie's chance to be good at all. Um, some of the sins I liked, Alan is still invited to the wedding. I found that uh, simple and beautiful and the idea that why, why would you invite Alan to the <laughs> wedding after what happened last time? Uh, now that you've made me personally self-own myself, here's a sin. Um, I just, you know, love the fact that the narrator went the extra step of, uh, you know, after he had done some self-deprecation humor um, saying, you know, giving a sin for making him do it. Uh, and then the line at the end, I just want this hangover to go away. Uh, I thought was really really fun as well uh today what are some of your thoughts um i enjoyed the uh scene does not contain a lap dance from ihop waitress mm-hmm. because <laughs> we have essentially kind of semi-retired or just retired the lap dance sin in general but the fact that the lead-in says get some chocolate chip pancakes and a lap dance from the waitress like it's it it was a it's one of those where it's like oh the movie can do this for us in a way mm-hmm. so I think yeah I like that. that was good yeah of uh, the sin where uh, they're talking to their wives and the sin is just Phil and Doug think their wives are stupid. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and then towards the end, um, I wish the lead in was, I wish I was a, a boring dentist who had boring life and boring friends. <laughs> and the sin is you are, you've had two incidents because you unknowingly took drugs. <laughs> Slow your roll. Yeah. I enjoyed that. Yeah. But yeah, I was uh, very confused watching this. Like John, I, I did see the first one though. So I guess I didn't miss anything. Yeah. Jonathan, what about you? 
I haven't seen this movie. Um, this Sins video didn't uh, make me want to watch this movie. So <laughs> I probably will never watch this movie. I've never seen any of the Hangover sequels. I think I think comedy sequels... I even like posed this question on Slack last night because I was having a really hard time even thinking of a good comedy sequel. I did come up with... There, there are a couple of Pink Panther movies I think are really funny. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Naked Gun 2 and a half, I think is hysterical. Yeah. Uh, so I'm and I'm sure there's more, but I do think comedy sequels are really hard to do. I think more of them turn out like this or like Anchorman two, and it, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of it's just because, like you said, you're just repeating the same stuff, and mm-hmm. I don't know. It I just I don't I don't I mean I guess it obviously works because this movie made almost six hundred million dollars <laughs> worldwide. Yeah, uh, it outgrossed the first one. Um, but then it was also one of those cases where clearly people didn't like it that much because Hangover Three didn't do anywhere near that kind of business. But uh, and then you know the series was buried. Uh, although it wouldn't be shocked if it comes back in like ten years or something. But um, anyways, uh, so yeah, I haven't seen it, so I can't really talk on the movie itself. But um, I love the video. Um, I enjoyed the the observation on the plane of oh sweet they bought tickets on this plane so they could sit one row back and one seat to the right of each other. Like, who gets plane tickets that doesn't sit, you know, mm-hmm. together? Uh, that's dentist. I just enjoyed that turn mm-hmm. of phrase. Um, obviously, we've already talked about this, but there's a lot of sitting in here about how everything is just the same. And I, I thought all those were great. Yeah. And then I also liked uh, pointing out that, like, uh, Stu's uh, ridiculous assumption that everyone speaks English. The sin is, I know Stu's been spoiled with Thailand. What with every single person understanding English? But does he not know he's in another country right now? I thought it was a really good observation. Yeah. So yeah, uh, you bring up the topic. So I quickly kind of googled what other people uh, have said about comedy sequels that are actually funny, and yeah. some of the main ones that you might agree with. Uh, Christmas Vacation is technically a comedy sequel. I don't like Christmas. Vacation. Oh, you don't like Christmas Vacation? No. Um, I don't like any of the vacation sequels. If I had to pick a vacation sequel, it would be European. I find more funny in that, but I still don't really think it's that funny. Uh, in the parody camp, Hot Shots Part Two. Um, oh, that's is, a good one. Is a good one. Um, I do agree with that one. And then uh, the only other one that I kind of agreed with was Twenty Two Jump Street. Um, is I think yeah. is really really funny. So there's there's really funny. It, it, I I did like the Twenty Two Jump Street. Definitely uh, goes for different things, and I yeah. I appreciate that about it. I just didn't find it that funny. But there are moments in it that are great. The one of my favorite moments in either one of those movies is uh, when Channing Tatum figures out that uh, Jonah Hill is sleeping with Ice Cube's daughter. Mm-hmm. And just his reaction to all that mm-hmm. uh, is is hysterical. Yeah. I don't. I it it. I love that we discovered that Channing Tatum is actually very good in comedies. Yeah, <laughs> through those yeah. movies. No, I agree. I agree. No, uh, the Christmas Vacation probably counts because so many people like that. Yeah. So yeah, that's fair. Wayne's I, World Two. Wayne's World Two is loved by a lot. Let's move into uh, Pretty Woman. This was a Danae Ian script. Uh, Hughes Whittington. Look at Danae just writing everything. And Danae, as per the theme of the show, has written on this one as well. Let's start with Ian's thoughts um, on Pretty Woman. He says, I kind of feel guilty for saying this, but I enjoyed this movie. I've only ever seen it once, and that was 20 years ago with my mom, so I remembered nothing. Yes, there is so, so, so much wrong with it. Richard Gere's character is not a worthy male role model at all. He's a patronizing, condescending, arrogant, stuck-up, egotistical jerk whistle. Therefore, I think I like this movie because of Julia Roberts. Damn it. I don't know. Maybe this just caught me on a good day. Shh, Danae, let me have this. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I'm going to jump to an outtake that may never be seen. It's, uh, I'm not sure if the outtakes are public or not. Are they? I, 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 yeah, I don't know. I think they're, I think we're making oh, them public okay, okay. eventually. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, so uh, when Julia Roberts' character is at the opera house, she gets very emotional. So I switched what she was looking at with the famous Bugs Bunny skit where Bugs is con- conducting and nearly kills an opera singer. Okay, good. So cutting back and forth from Bugs to Roberts as she gets more and more emotional just cracks me up. It's one of my favorite outtakes. Nice. Uh, it was amazing. I wrote that down. <laughs> Isn't that funny? It was really funny. Yeah. yeah. Jeremy's delivery of unrealistic relationship absolutely floored me. The way that came out was hilarious and I loved it. That man. And I have to shout out for the breakfast series of sins. Uh, for some reason, breakfast seems to be a trigger for myself and Danae because of our sins for this. We're, we were almost identical. That's true. We actually almost wrote identical sins. Um, how the F is that everything on the menu in this fancy ass restaurant wears my mystery slice of damn toast and you call that a garnish? Of course, I really enjoyed writing bizarrely blasé blaze of Baroque baked flamboyancy. I like words. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was good stuff. That was uh, that was some of my favorite stuff too. Um, today, what about you? I don't remember when I watched this movie. I don't remember if I've watched this movie at least to watch it. It's another one of those where you see pieces of it. Maybe mm-hmm. it was on TV growing up or something, you know? Or like a like a montage of movies from a year. I mean, that, that's where I feel like I've seen yeah. a lot of it. I mean, if and you haven't if you haven't seen him snapping that thing closed on her finger, like where have you been? You yeah, mm. you haven't lived on Earth. Like it's and yeah, kind of like if you've never heard the song Inside Out by Eve Six. <laughs> like where where have you been? Uh-huh. Yeah, exact same level of cultural uh, infiltration. Yes, it was really it was really interesting because this is a this is such a big movie moment. It's a Julia Roberts basically pre- breakout performance. Um, it, and. It. And the research on it was interesting that, you know, originally this movie was supposed to be very different. It was supposed to be called 3000 and it was going to be more of a serious uh, approach to um, sex work and the dangers of it. But then it turned more into like a romantic comedy. I learned things like they uh, that Julia Roberts essentially was the reason that Richard Gere said yes, because she slipped him a note and said, please, I really want to do this with you. So she kind of like she she said, asked, she just asked him. Um, Can I ask you a question? If yeah. I if if I remember correctly, she was not the first pick, right? Didn't a bunch of people turn this down? Yeah, and I wonder if that was when it was more serious. I'm not sure, but she, yeah, she wasn't being considered for it initially because she had only done one thing previous, and so yeah, she her, was. I mean, Mystic Pizza. Yes, I mean, that's she what did it was. a couple. Like, and I think she was. I think she was in that movie Satisfaction, but I could be wrong about that. But yeah, no, she hadn't done much. So the director saw. Um, a vid. Uh, what, what? What? I don't know if it was an audition tape or reading or something, and screen then test. was like, yeah, screen test maybe, and was like, okay, yeah, let's do it. Um, and then of course because this became so big, then there's stories that come out. Like for example, the scene where the necklace snaps closed. That was not something that was planned. Um, so Richard Gere was trying to wake Julia Roberts up because she was kind of tired that day, and he just did that to her. Uh, and so the laugh was her laugh. It was very genuine. And then the director kept it in um, things like the iconic red dress wasn't supposed to be red. And the person that um, the wardrobe, the person that was in charge of like the costuming is 
created like multiple dresses in different shades of red to prove that it needed to be red. And then finally they, they kind of settled on that one and they all agreed. Cause I think it was supposed to be black and she's like, no, 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 this needs to be red. So she fought for the red dress. And that stuff fascinates me because it's, it's movies like this that have been around for a long time that get that kind of attention and you watch them and you think, what is it about this movie? That's so important. There's a lot wrong with this movie in its themes, but it's actually a perfect example of a lot of themes of women being rescued, money being important, um, that those themes there uh, are very predominant. A woman fitting a specific role to be accepted. I wasn't surprised to see those themes at all, but I think the reason that I like this movie is because of watching Julia Roberts and Richard Gere perform. I think they were... Uh, I think she was clearly having, she's able to like do something uncomfortable in a really comfortable way and be this flamboyant character in this really interesting, you know, way. And it it makes you want to watch more. And then of course the seduction and the sexuality of it, uh, it's, it's just, it's an interesting perspective. So, um, and I think people like the quote unquote rags to riches stories and things like that too. So Mm -hmm. there's a lot of, there's a lot of reasons to watch this. I think like, the sad thing for me is in real life, thinking about someone like Richard, Richard's character, this Edward character who has multiple failed relationships is teased throughout the movie for being somebody who has a new woman all the time to think that because Julia is beautiful and naive a little bit um, and moldable, that this is a good love story. So at the end of it, I'm like, this isn't a love story that I'm here for it requires you to fill in a lot of holes to make it like make sense for yourself that this is a healthy relationship but there's so many signs it's just not mm-hmm. um but the movie magic of it is undeniable so yeah. that's what i have to say about that yeah uh I think some that's well put oh thank you that was off the top of my head casual banana spying is casual i enjoyed writing that one <laughs> um i think because it cracked it cracked barrett up and i always like it when i get mm-hmm like comments that it's just someone that's just like, ha 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 ha. And you're, just, mm-hmm. you're like, he, I made, I made my boss laugh. <laughs> that's really funny. Um, <laughs> the sin uh, where it's just Edward jiggling the card room key card in repeatedly. And the sin is just like, <laughs> well, looks like Vivian's in for a rough night. <laughs> <laughs> that one killed me. Um, the lamp one, obviously. Yes. I had that written down, of course. Just the idea of it just being a silent walkthrough. Uh, and there could what have been more arrows. a lot of lamps, man. My yeah. God. Yeah. Uh, Ian wrote one that was sending the actual lamps and like had, you know, words to it or mm-hmm. whatever. But I'm just like, there's so many in a space. Or what, I miss what are we going to do though. here? I miss that now. I mean, I'm not saying there was always that many lamps, but like you go into a hotel room now, there's like no lights because everybody's energy conscious, you know, they're trying to yeah. save mm-hmm. money and all that stuff. Yeah. So there's like, there's rarely overhead lights. It's all lamps. And it's just mm-hmm. like, God, I just want, I want to be able to see. Like, Yeah. Sorry. That's no, a rant. No, it, it to, I think his sin was you walk in and you turn the light on to get mm-hmm. one lamp on, but this house is already yeah. completely lit by like a million lamps. Hey, we didn't so. give a shit about energy in 1990. We didn't care. Yeah. yeah. We were like, leave all the lights on. Who gives a shit? The employee sins in this one um, were fun. Just this arrangement that after purchasing uh, sex for one evening that he's like going to, you know, hire her as an employee for a week, essentially. Yeah. 
I I really enjoyed playing around with the different angles of of poking fun of that employee relationship. So, you know, uh, calling her a toy employee, you know, or mm-hmm. one of my favorites that show us the W2. <laughs> yep. I had that one written down too. Uh, just like, this isn't how it works. Um, we mentioned, he mentioned the, uh, the food ones, but then like getting to also send the food plate, the pate, pate food plate was just mm-hmm. a delight. Um, one of the things, though, that I really wanted to sin in this one that I was a little nervous about, but I couldn't let it go after watching the movie a few times, was this idea that uh, Stucky character, so Edward's lawyer, who is the sleazeball who like hits on Vivian and and hit, literally hits is on her sexually, Jason Alexander character. On, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Think, okay. Um, the movie presents this this ideal that Edward himself uh, is the savior guy. But he is literally, after a year of planning this business takeover, over the course of just a few days, has been completely just, you know, taken by Julia Roberts' character. Mm -hmm. And the movie wants us to hate Stucky for asking the question, what is going on with you, Edward? Why are you doing all of these things? When in actuality, that's a really valid question. And it's so interesting how a movie can just dictate the emotion of how we're feeling. But if we kind of mm. pull ourselves out of it and say, okay, so yeah, the movie wants us to think that Edward is this hero and that we're rooting for him and he's the good guy. But Stucky, though an absolute asshat, an absolute asshole who li- physically hits a woman and tries to, to have sex with her when she doesn't want to, uh, uh, tries to rape her, like he he did have a valid point here. So it was it was tricky because I wanted to bring it up but also not, mm-hmm. you know, try Valorize. to insinuate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that was, that was one of the big kind of like, Oh, this is a, this is a problem. The other big problem I had with this was the, the opera scene where, you know, Edward's like, if you're going to have a reaction to opera, it means you have a soul if you're emotional. And then he just sits there like a robot. Um, and we're supposed to focus on the fact that, Oh, thank God this hooker has a soul. That means this man can fall in love with her. So there was yeah. just a really interesting kind of uh, sub, some subtext there. Um, the last one I'll say is one of my favorites, which was the uh, cinema, uh, they, when the third act conflict, but the way that Ian wrote, like, on the breakfast menu this morning, we have strawberries, croissants, but may I also be so bold as to recommend the third act cli- conflict cliche. I just thought that mm-hmm. was a really clever way of bringing up the fact that, once again, there is a forced conflict in a, in a mm-hmm. movie so that we can have resolution by the end. Yeah. Yep. Um... I'll go next. Uh, This is a spectacular script. Uh, I loved this video so much. Um, And I think the reason is not just because it was hilarious, which it was, but because you're doing some really intricate mind walking with some of this stuff, because there has to be a way to recognize, like you said, the movie star uh, stuff that's going on here with Julia Roberts, the humor the fun, the like how compelling this movie is. And at the same time go, "Eh, but kind of icky, right? Like that's kind of like, yeah, Yeah. like there's some real like high wire balance stuff almost that, that you're having to do in some of these sins. And I just think you guys pulled it off really, really well. Um, Thank you. uh, The movie is that the movie is that high wire balance of, yeah, I get it. Uh, Nothing has radiated a screen like Julia Roberts smile maybe in the history of cinema like in this movie like it's just some of the things she's doing here are charisma defined and Mm -hmm. there is a reason she is the superstar that she you know she has been in her career and 
And she went. I'm sorry to interrupt, but this no, is you're good. perfect. But she went from nobody really knew who she was, right. or they like, oh, Mystic Pizza. That, but see, Mystic Pizza even that was an Annabeth Gish movie. Like right. Julia Roberts is a right. supporting character in that movie. But um, she went from that to after this movie, she is given the chance at like every leading lady role. Like she immediately becomes the the box office queen. Basically, mm-hmm. I mean. You know, I mean, you know, you think like two years after that, the player is making fun of Hollywood movie making by having this ridiculous movie that stars Bruce Willis and Julia Roberts. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's how big she had become in just two years. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's in, I've no, I can't think of anyone that's shot up like that. Yeah. It is the, it is the definition of meteoric rise, you know, like yeah. it's just, it's, it's really crazy. So and yeah. stayed there for a long time. Mm-hmm. Sure, deservedly so. She's incredible. Yeah. I mean, oh yeah, it, no, she's great. Uh, so so yeah, it is one of those things where like uh, I kind of love a lot of this movie, but I kind of feel gross for loving it in a lot of ways because the the not just you say the politics that that is reductive in a lot of ways, but just the things it has to say about relationships and gender roles and. Um, sexuality and just a lot of, you know, a lot of stuff, again, like I said, that you guys navigate really, really well, but, you know, that is those really define my feelings on the movie. And so that's also probably why I love this script so much is it reflects so much of my own perspective uh, on this movie. Cool. Um, yeah, it was it was intimidating uh, because this is a, you know, it's it's Ian and I. Mm-hmm. Um, this isn't one where someone from the A-team, you know, wrote on it. It's like, and it's an, a huge movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like pressure was on. Yeah. Well, great job. <laughs> that just, one. If nothing else here, great job. Because I just, I think this is a really great script. Um, Thanks. Felt, you felt that more than uh, Julia Roberts felt Richard Gere after that, um, you know, after the <laughs> inserting the yes. card incident. Yes. Yes, exactly. Uh, here's some sins I will mention uh, right off the bat. Uh, this, this logo or this company should be called Lightning Circle and we all know it. Um, <laughs> that was great. It's so great. Uh the blue banana bar in the like why would you name uh your establishment blue banana um yeah i thought that was really great um the uh now my hip socket hurts um you know as if the narrator has is trying uh to uh, do the move uh, i just i thought that was great uh you mentioned all the breakfast stuff i had to pull out the line fuzzy fruit does not impress us about the kiwi um as if the kiwi was what made it fancy uh just really great stuff there um, the sin about bathing together and just how like annoying that would be in real life as romantic as it looks in movies um, and the way it was phrased and worded and man, just, just really great stuff. Uh, the observation about, um, I forget what the character says, but it's something about you never hurt me again and, and he agrees or whatever. And it's like, yeah, yeah. Cause that's a healthy relationship um, that is in denial about how hurt is you know, always going to be something we do to each other because we're human. And I just loved that. I just thought that was a great observation. Mm -hmm. And then the finish of shut up and stop being so dead inside. I most certainly will not. Um, (laughs) It's just, just really fun, really clever. So yeah, I had a great time with this. What about you, Jonathan? It was a great video. Real quick though. I did look up real quick about the people that were offered the role. Uh, As far as the Julia Roberts character, it wasn't a long list. The only thing I could find was that Molly Ringwald, uh, turned it down. People think that was when it was the 3000 script. Mm-hmm. So she might have thought it was a little too dark. But good God. I mean, you never know what the movie would have been with Ringwald, but 
Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, she regrets. I I have a feeling she probably regrets it in some well, ways. At that mm-hmm. time, though, if it was a three thousand, it was going to be a darker yeah. kind of like you yeah. know drug addiction and just kind yeah. of getting into that cycle and stuff. So no, I I, I yeah, and I totally get that. It's just you know just to think where her career went in the nineties, which was a downward trajectory. Yeah, you know maybe this would have sent her back up, but then we wouldn't get Julie Roberts. I don't know. You know. Uh, oh, but the but the Richard Gere was not the first choice, or he wasn't the no. first one to accept. Uh, the people that were offered it is really weird. Albert Isn't it Brooks, weird? Yeah, it, it's so weird. It was such a weird thing. Like to think about that role being it Albert could, yeah. Brooks, Sylvester I, Stallone. That would have been terrible. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, Stallone's better than uh, Stallone. Doesn't get enough credit as an actor, but it, I agree. I don't. Think I, agree. That, I, just I don't watched, think that works. I just watched First Blood again uh, the yeah. other day. He's incredible yeah. in that. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Daniel Day Lewis. Uh, that would have wow. been a little too artsy. Wow. Yeah, Kevin Klein. Maybe that would have worked. Uh, Denzel. Yes. yes. Uh, John Travolta and maybe. Christopher Reeve. The one of those you mentioned I most want to see is Albert Brooks. Um, I love mm-hmm. him so much. I would be so curious to see how he would have done that role. That would be yeah, really interesting. So I I haven't seen this movie all the way through. I know that. I've seen bits and pieces of it here and there, but uh I was 14 when this came out. Uh mm-hmm. I was probably if I was watching like something more female centric when I was 14, it was cuz I was watching it with my mom. Mm-hmm. Uh my mom would not have watched this movie with me obviously when I was 14 <laughs> or ever probably. Yeah. But um so I I didn't see it. I remember it though. Like I can remember everybody talking about it and i can remember now we have julia roberts as this huge star uh because i did go see stuff with her after this like sleeping with the enemy and pelican brief and you know stuff like that Mm -hmm. but uh but i've never seen it um and so i can't really completely comment on it but based on what you guys are saying i feel like there's probably like there was a super dark script and then we get this where disney took it over and, and it's like disney trying to even though it's rated r but it still feels like they're trying to make this like a cinderella story uh, I mean, they obviously are, and I don't know if I. I feel like there's a middle ground there that that makes this like a better movie, just from what I've heard both of you say. But yeah. who knows? Yeah. I love Richard Gere, so uh, and I love Julia Roberts, so the in the cast, and uh, I think was it is it is it Le- what's the guy what's the comedian's name that's and not not Jason Alexander, but the one that's like the one that's helping them at the dress shop later. Oh yeah. I don't, I, like Larry, I know you're talking about Larry that, Charles or something like that. Maybe I've always heard he kind of steals the movie, uh, in, in those scenes, but I don't know. But anyways, uh, I love the video. Uh, I love the simple scent of this much olive toned satin. I thought was a great observation. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm liking so all of Danae's clothing and shoe wear so observation much. this <laughs> week. Uh, gyrating this close to fresh paint. That is that is not safe. That is not a good idea. So no. I thought that was good. Uh, you already mentioned the lamps. And going back to the breakfast, I just love the why put garnish on the croissant plate. Like who I like who is set decorating that bit, you know, that with that big of a movie and that much money being put into it, I yeah. just who wasn't like, hey, put the garnish over by the eggs or something. Yeah, no, that totally. made no sense. Uh, I love movie. The movie line was "You are my employee," and the sin is "Show us the W two. Yeah, so good. And the discount Stan Lee cameo was hilarious. Just the idea that I know this is Disney, but why are they putting him in this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just thought that was really funny. Yeah. So I really, really, really like Aaron. I really enjoyed the video. It's good cool. stuff. Uh, all right, let's move into keeping tabs. 
The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hey, podcast peeps. It's me again. Um. Those are my dogs. Those are my uh, every time I try to talk, wow, uh, is this how Aaron feels when we're, um, okay, we're going to try this, okay. uh, I just wanted to tell you about the survey again, which is at cinemasense.com slash BTS, so... Go fill it out. The internet is a communications tool used the world over where people can come together to bitch about movies and share pornography with one another. Ha ha! Oh, jeez. This is the most public yet of my many humiliations. We're just going to talk about a little bit of putting this stuff together from the week. Actually, we'll just hand this over to Danae since it was her yeah, week. Yeah, got uh, a lot. <laughs> Let's go. So, uh, in Loki, there's this game called, uh, I think it's Polybius um, or, or Polybius. I'm not sure. Uh, this is an urban legend. It's a fictitious arcade game that uh, huh. was apparently in 1981. Mm-hmm. So the legend is that there's a game that was part of a government-funded psychology experiment. So and it was based in Portland, and that the gameplay essentially created. Let me just read this. Supposedly produced intense psychoactive and addictive effects in the player. Uh, there was. Publicly staged arcade machines were said to have been visited periodically by men in black for the purposes of data mining the machines and analyzing the effects of these psychological patterns of those who played them. And it is an urban legend. Um, however, Port- it's- Portland starts with P as well. You should have put Portland in there. Somewhere. Oh, I sh- thanks, Aaron. <laughs> You're welcome. Wow. That was wow. kind of dickish. Go on. I mean, I really should have. <laughs> Fuck. I guess we're going to oh, go well. back. Through- Episodes over. We're going to go back through and we're going to take out a, a few sins. Right, right, uh, right. Yeah. From the videos, so then, including and I want to I also want to say including the World Trade Center sins. Um just to kind of quickly go back on that. Apparently those were not the World Trade Center. That was oh. a, a different building altogether and we all missed it. So There you go. It's it one happens. of those where like that's going to be in that video forever and I so badly just want to go and take it out and re-upload it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh but I can't so uh, that's where the poly- the polybe- plebeus thing came from. And it was just interesting because, of course, they put that into the background of this as a wink and nod to that video game. Um, I also did. Let me. Oh, where's my notes? I also found out uh, that the first president that was recorded to issue a pardon in, uh, on a turkey was Ronald Reagan. Just so you know. Mm, nice. There's also. But this, listen to this. The first president on record to issue a pardon on his turkey was 1982. Okay, mm-hmm. but the but the tradition started in 1863 with Abraham Lincoln, and then the first lady accepted. Like there's all these different kind. Oh, and then the first national turkey presentation was in 1947. So I was looking up all these different things to try to figure out 
uh, because during the sh- during the show, there's like these various dates that'll appear, like in the Turkey area and stuff uh, for Rick and Morty. And I was wondering what those dates referenced. And so there's so many dates that it could reference. So I really decided not to send it ultimately because there's just a lot of information about. Well, are we talking about pardons because that started mm-hmm. this year, or is it tradition because that started this year? So I think there are just some interpretations about about that. And this is this is one of those things where I guess I I think I had heard about this before, but I I guess I didn't I didn't remember that they pardon turkeys because I'm not they have a pardon. Yeah. Um, other words besides a Portland that I could have used were <laughs> um, pandering, perverts, prevents, prepubescent was one political power uh mm-hmm. policy like there's uh there's a lot there's a lot that i could have patty cakes that i know is just writing down all these p words and mm-hmm. trying to figure out how to mash it all together so um but yeah that's that's about nice. that's about it jonathan what do you have in your keeping tabs this week uh kind of going along with what she was talking about loki i just i knew there was a bunch of easter eggs which we send some and i just i so i i was looking those up uh while i was writing we mentioned or uh, the Frog Thor cameo was one we mentioned. I think it's like, what is it, Throg or yes. something? Yes. And then Danae also pointed out Yellow Jacket's helmet. Um, and of yeah. course, the Lord of the Rings stuff that you know was <laughs> obvious, was clearly in there. Mm-hmm. <sighs> um, and then some of the other stuff, uh, the shot of the, uh, the tower, which a lot of people thought was Avengers Tower. But if you look at it closely, it says Quang Tower. Which is there's like an alternate timeline in the Marvel Universe that they kind of went down a road and uh, this company Quang bought uh, out the Avengers. So that was kind of interesting. So much. I I did the same thing. I just looked at all the Easter eggs and there's just so much. And there's a headless statue of Kang too right there. Mm -hmm. I mean, they were doing everything they could to be like, yes, this is Kang the Conqueror. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Eliath is a villain that ties in with Kang. Um, There was a cop. There was a helicopter. It was the Thanos copter. Yeah. Yeah. There was this weird storyline in a Spider-Man comic where Spider-Man fought Thanos and he had a helicopter. I don't know. It was weird. Uh, there's a shield helicarrier. Uh, the Loki that we kind of send for looking just like the other Loki, um, that incarnation of him came from a storyline in the comics where Loki was trying to take over the White House. The storyline is called Vote Loki. So I thought that was interesting. Uh, the license plate on the pizza car was GRNW1D, which is paying tribute to Mark Gruenwald, a, a Marvel contributor. Uh, and then going to Urban Legends, they had the USS Eldridge in there, which is, if anybody's heard about the Philadelphia Experiment, uh, there's a there's a pretty fun movie about it, but it's an urban legend that this ship uh, went to another dimension and the entire crew was killed by aliens. Hmm. Um, and then the other, the only other thing I had was the there was a theater sign that said Oswald and the Martians. And for those that know uh, Oswald, the lucky rabbit could have very well been Disney's mickey mouse but Mm -hmm. walt i can't remember it's something about he sold like he he had to sell the rights for something and then he couldn't get them back and so he had to create somebody new so he created mickey mouse which is probably for the better in the grand scheme of things but probably probably but who knows i mean we would know the difference and maybe we would just all be talking about oswald the lucky rabbit and uh (laughs) oh oswald and his his female rabbit friend Minnie. you know i don't don't know yeah but i thought all that was fun uh I did not uh, write on anything this week. I took the week off, didn't do any work, and uh, didn't write on a single thing. Um, I did, however, 
want to do possibly the most annoying and pointless keeping tabs in the history of the podcast. Was this based on a Slack discussion? <laughs> no, no. This is just based on I had nothing and then I experienced this thing. And I was like, this thing I just experienced is terrible. I wonder if everybody else would like to experience this same thing. So this is what I'm going to uh, share with you now is an audio uh, keeping tabs. Aaron, Aaron Google duty. <laughs> no. No, uh, this is an audio keeping tabs of um, what it sounds like every week when I open up all the video files uh, consecutively. Oh, no. Um, so oh, no. <laughs> oh, my God. I am so here for this. So uh, so that this is what that sounds like. Um each week when I get the email of what is, you know, what the videos are, I open them all up and here's what that. I don't even understand. What are you talking about? You open them up all up at the same time. You mean you, you give all separate tabs? You don't just do them one by one? Correct. So I open up I open up everything uh, so that I can do my show prep and here's what. Oh, uh, and they all start playing. Here's what okay. that sounds like. Kind of beautiful. <laughs> That's kind of cool. <laughs> I like all the narrator voices together. Look at all the dates. Oh my god. Oh my god. There you go. That's amazing. That, that kind of reminds me of like a Marvel opening where you have all the characters yeah. saying different things. Like I want that kind of to be like the cinema sins opening now. Yes, let's redo it. Oh man. Oh my god. I'm not kidding. You should play that for the guys and just I, I'm should. just saying there's some ver there's some version of that that would it's yeah amazing. i think would be yeah. pretty awesome yeah that's in, that's incredible well you know what hey you loved it i thought it'd be the most annoying thing ever no and, and i know well, it, just, it, so. it sounds like you know you're about to come into our universe yeah and here's all yeah. the sounds mm -hmm. i think that's i don't yeah. know i thought it was cool i did too uh i i heard that Aaron was hoping he would piss us off and we we're all excited <laughs> man, now. i was trying to troll you and you we're ended making up making plans it. oh man uh all right let's move into the comment section i want to know I appreciate your honesty. You're a real straight shooter. You are the ones who are the ball lickers. We're going to take a look at uh, comments from the week's videos or actually any comments that you've made for us uh, on the internets this week. Uh, I can kick us off on this one. This was uh, from the Loki video Lizard Luminosity. Uh, said, missed an opportunity to say you were eating the special Loki Charms version of Lucky Charms, the one that came out a while ago to advertise the Loki series. Uh, that is an amazing serial name, and uh, it's so cool that they did that, and I just thought that was that was really fun. Nice. Um, what about you, Danae? Uh, this one comes from Pretty Woman from Aaron James, who says, how did he not mention the continuity error when she's eating breakfast? It's one of the only actual CinemaSins in the movie. One moment she's eating a croissant, and the next shot, she's almost halfway through a pancake. I actually did see this, and I thought about sending it, but I did what the people in the comments did, which is um, maybe she put the croissant down when she asked, how far did you go in school? And she picked up the pancake. Well, it's only about a second, replies someone. So she probably didn't have the time to eat that much pancake, or she would have had to stuff the whole thing in her mouth, in which case we wouldn't have seen much pancake at all. 
Um, did anyone actually think that there were four slices of toast? I mean, then maybe it was underneath one. Someone says, plus, who eats a pancake like that anyway? I don't see a problem, says this person. She ate some pancake off screen, picked up the croissant, asked the question, <laughs> put it on the croissant, and when she went back to the pancake, it's perfectly plausible. With so many other options, supposedly, she could have gone from one thing to another if she wanted to. This is what it's like to sin. This mm-hmm. is exactly what it's like uh, to try to justify when you stop the momentum or when you continue the momentum of a script. Yeah. If it's something where it's like you really think that you should nitpick the shit out of a pancake, then you got to make it a good one, right? And so I did think about it, but ultimately decided that she probably just stopped picking because she was picking at the croissant. She wasn't eating it. She was like picking out the middle of the croissant, the, the stuff, and she was eating it. And then the next time looks over, she's holding a pancake and she's just stuffing it in her mouth. I fully believe that she would do something like that. I fully believe that the character itself mm-hmm. has already been shown to be defined as this person who spits gum out and like just it has no quote unquote manners. So I ultimately decided not to send it, but I love that there's this back and forth mm-hmm. like commenting on this pancake scene. It brought me so much joy. And so that's my Some, favorite one from the week. Sometimes I think too, like we don't like if we don't have an interesting way to go at it, um, that's another reason sometimes we don't mess with stuff because we don't want it to just be like technical, right? We don't want it to just be that's like That's the thing. That's what's so in it, we don't want it we don't want to just be IMDB goofs. Like we're not that's just not what we're doing. So well, I, I remember I one of the one of the first scripts I wrote on, I said something I in the the sin there was a like continu- uh, continuity error where somebody's arm was around somebody and then yeah. it cut directly to their arm not being around them. And I wanted to make a joke about like their relationship or something, something I thought was funny. And so I used that as a launching point. And I started it by saying, we don't usually send, you know, minor continuity errors or something like that because mm-hmm. we don't, because they're not interesting or funny if usually. If you can and, do it in an interesting way. Right, like if right. you can say, how did they teleport from one side of the room to the other? If there's a way to build it into the story, then yeah. Mm-hmm. But right. if it's just like... But I, if it's like, oh, the cigarette's long and now it's short and now it's yeah, long. No one wants to watch a video of stuff like that. That would, yeah. you know, we would never have made it. <laughs> so I, I bring that up to say when when I did that, there were comments saying, what do you mean we don't usually do this? This is what your channel's <laughs> about. And I'm like, this was my awakening to people self-define you like yes. to. And even in yeah. this comment that you read, the person saying the only real cinema sin uh, in the movie or whatever, it's like which is so not true. <laughs> what, what, and it's but it's just interesting that there's that perception yeah. of what we do. Again, it's I mean a lot of it's our own fault because of you know that is the air we like yeah. to give off is that you know th- that we nitpick everything that's actually wrong. But it's but just, like we don't send we don't send boom mics. You know I mean there's there's just unless there's it can be things. funny or yeah, interesting unless it can be funny or, absolutely. You know, um, so although yeah. that's a bad example because that has more to do with. Uh, sometimes, like back in the day, at least that had more to do with how the movie was being projected. The last time um, I send, uh, I think equipment or uh, personnel being in. Well, we did the one with the uh, Star Wars where they okay, had that was hilarious, the, and then they took it out. Like our took, video is the only one that has it in it now. Yeah. But the last time I did that was Firefly. There's uh, somebody coming out of one of the ships, and one of the <laughs> yeah. the, the guys, he's like full, he like fully in the <laughs> yeah. shot. Just yeah, like helping them totally and like different. trying to catch them. I was like, I have to send that. That's hilarious. Um, but uh, but anyhow, yeah, uh, I always find that stuff interesting. Uh, Jonathan, what's uh, what's your comment? Uh, mine's actually uh, after last week's episode, a conversation, uh, a little bit, a little mini rant I had. I got a DM from our uh, our buddy uh, Stephen Hollingshead. 
uh, who is who has been a patron for as as long as I can remember. Uh, and I did ask him if I could mention this, if I could read this, and he said absolutely. So uh, the DM came to me. This, like I said, this is based on stuff from last week. Uh, I also chastised Ian when I heard him refer to Calm Meany as Miles O'Brien from TNG and not that brave man, <laughs> loyal husband, and loving friend from Deep Space Nine. So I am not alone. That was amazing. That and I'm amazing. guessing Ian has not heard last week's episode or he's just not talking to me. I, I don't know which happened. but Yeah, yeah, could be I, either. Either one is totally fair. Yes, our, our history is full of examples of us <laughs> saying things to each other and then that person not listening uh, to said episodes. Uh, maybe or, we should quit communicating with each other. Like, or we say something about Chris thinking he's not listening to the show and then he's like, by the <laughs> right. way, I listened this week. Yeah, it's quite it's possible like, we should stop trying to communicate with each other through the uh, through the podcast <laughs> audio. Um, all right, let's move into Beyond the Sins. To infinity. And beyond! Somewhere beyond my wild history. To boldly go where no man has gone before. We're each going to chat about something else from the pop culture world that we've seen recently. Um, today, why don't you start? <laughs> That's Nothing. a weird, like, he's, like, really thinking about this. I have anger that I need to express about something I watched, and it's like, but I was like, nope, you can wait. You can be patient. Is this no, based, have, on, a, I, is this based on a letterbox review you tweeted out? <laughs> My entire yes. life right now okay. is just playing wild, uh, wild RP, Red Dead Redemption. I, I do nothing else. It's, it's the only thing I care that about is, now. Well, last that week, fascinating last to week me. We that found... does not seem like a Danae game. I don't know well, what a Danae game is, maybe. It's, an but... RP, it's, it's the RP version of oh, Red Dead so that's different? Redemption. Okay, online. I didn't yeah, know that. So, so Red Dead Redemption it, 2 is an online game and what they've done is they have a private server where developers have created their own basically interface over the top of it and you have to be invited to the server you have to fill out an application you have to prove that mm-hmm. you're role play and it's all role play so it's not like you're getting a quest and you're going and turning in quests it is entirely a world where you drop into the world and you play a character inside the game itself uh and everyone's just walking around talking to each other so um if you see someone in the game that's communicating and talking it's another person that's actually out there in the world somewhere playing that character that you're interacting with. So you can still do things like get on a horse and shoot people and you could be a criminal or you could be a civilian or you can be a law officer and you fill these roles. Um, so yeah, that's my life now, guys. I'm sorry. Uh, my free time, I don't I don't watch anything. Well, we have- I don't read comics anymore. I don't play games anymore. I am fully addicted to this game and I'm loving it and I am not apologizing for it. That sounds healthy. No, you don't need to apologize, but we do have a show to do. So I feel like, um, I I just don't want to, I don't want to watch it. It is my job to like, you know, last week we figured out WWE and you talked about that. By the way, you talked about WWE three times as long as Jonathan or I talked about our beyond the sins. No, you don't have to be, there's nothing to be sorry for. I'm just going to try to zone in on something that you could talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, for instance, speaking this of Red, is my new favorite, Red I Dead. feel like I have to rush mine because I know Danae is getting annoyed by whatever I'm talking about. No, so. I don't get annoyed. I don't get annoyed. But I people just, want to my... know what's going on in your life, no, right? Don't. So yes, they do. So did you get a haircut? So what? Danae is I'm now going to tell it. you about nice. this. But the, but this segment is not about something else going on in Danae's life. Pop culture it wise. is something about pop culture right. specifically. So, so like By the way, Irish you has get pop culture that cut. she's experiencing. Your husband has pop culture that he's experiencing. You know, you have a little bit of the runoff from that. That's why the WWE was was kind of an interesting thing. But I Okay, wanna... my kid loves Octonauts. There you there... go. See, that would be oh. a great one. But let's save that one for next week. Because <laughs> this week, Octonauts. This 
this week you're going to tell the story of when your friend <sighs> got attacked by a wolf and you were trying to help your friend who no, got attacked by what? a wolf. That's me, listen, this is me talking about Wild RP, and I, ju- and I did that last that's week. That's fine. I'll, call it, Red Dead, I'll Every- call it Red Dead Redemption 2. I won't call it Wild RP in the, in the show notes this time. Your Beyond the Sins is Red Dead Redemption 2. Tell us a story, Danae, about what happened when you were playing Red Dead Redemption 2 RP. Oh, this wasn't like a real life wolf? No, this is oh. in the game. I mean, I guess I could show the clip. <laughs> I was like, that is badass. Like, Danae's attack, like tackling a wolf or something in uh-huh. real life. Well, my yeah. character like, totally. did. Totally. So in this game, you know, you have weapons that you can use to defend yourself against wildlife or people. And so there's shotguns and handguns and bows. And then there's knives. And you have like these slots on your person where you can keep your gear. And um, my character lives in a house that is frequently visited by wolves if the door opens a little, they will come mm-hmm. in to the house. And so uh, my my experience with playing this game is minimal. So I am not good with a gun or defending myself. Like I'm basically just a big squishy person. Um, but I'm hanging out with someone who is very, very used to the game. And it's a very strong character. So he's like, I'll go take care of the wolves. And I'm like, cool. So he leaves. And then I hear him get taken out like the... <laughs> So I take my shotgun and go outside and I aim and I hit him instead. <laughs> and so now I have a live wolf. Her, her valiant friend who is trying to protect her from the wolves. And she goes outside with a shotgun and shoots him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the wolf is like standing over his body, like ripping him up. And oh. and it is bloody. It's a, that's There's not a lot of gore in this game, but if you get injured, like it's... It's, you know, decently, I, I'm de- it's definitely not like horror games uh, mm-hmm. level at all, but there's blood and stuff. So, yeah, she takes aim. I take aim. And with a shotgun, which you shouldn't do when there's a wolf on top of the person that you're playing with, uh, he was already incapacitated. Like, he was already kind of mm-hmm. out and would have to be revived with what they would call medical RP. So, you have to, like, actually either take him somewhere or whatever. So, it's this whole thing. So I run inside, shotgunning, like I'm just I'm just shooting. Inside the house. <laughs> inside the house, aimlessly. I'm doing a terrible job of it. There's only four. I've only got a I've got a, a repeater or something, so I've got four bullets. So I, I I get rid of all of them while I'm running through the house. I run into the bedroom. I corner myself in the corner. Can't jump up on the bed in this game. So I'm just in the corner. Pull out my handgun and still can't aim with that. And I know that it's already attacking like it's already got my character's arm in its mouth and so i can't like just shoot it like this and i'm really bad at it and it's about to take me out so i suddenly realized i have a knife and so i just knife that wolf to death and it there was you go. insane it was insane I just, you know i just wanted you to talk about the part where you shot your friend who had been attacked by a wolf <laughs> that's that was, awesome no, that was amazing no, 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 no. the <laughs> highlight is that i no. the highlight is that i killed a wolf there you go cornered in a room and in the friend. last second before de- okay i also shot somebody <laughs> accidentally uh jonathan what about you what have you seen uh do you want to end on a positive note if so you should probably go first because <laughs> it depends on how you want to end this i'm gonna oh, be positive go, go be positive you be All positive right. i'll be negative the world will turn upside down everybody will wonder what's going on <laughs> Uh, so I watched uh, I I watched uh, this movie from 2018 uh, this past week. It's on Hulu and it is called The Guilty. This is a movie from. Have you seen this, Aaron? I don't think so. 
This is a movie from Denmark, so I guess it's a, a Danish film, right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, and um, mm, Danish. Oh my god, <laughs> with, I'm so hungry right now. So no Danish. idea. But only with garnish on it. Only yeah, with only garnish. garnish yeah. Uh, so, anyways, the guilty from 2018. It's on Hulu right now. And uh, the reason I watched this, I mean, I'd been wanting to see it for a while. I mean, I knew about it, but I found out that there is a American remake that I think it's going to be on Netflix in a month or two. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal is going to be in it, um, and I'm interested to see what they're going to do with it. But I was like, I need to watch the original. Um, this movie is fantastic. It is. It all takes place. Uh, it's a police officer who has done something we don't know what it is at the beginning we don't find out till toward the end but he has done something to where he has been taken off uh, normal duty and he is in the equivalent of our uh, 911 operator uh, there they call it something else because it, it's not 911 obviously it's in a different country but they they I can't remember what they call it but um, he's basically a 911 operator which I assume is what Jake Gyllenhaal is going to be um, the entire movie takes place in this office. Um, he ends up getting a call from a woman who he then believes has been kidnapped. And so he's basically trying to help with the situation uh, from his vantage point, right? Um, he's calling a bunch of people. It's kind of like if Locke took place in a 911 office. Hmm. I guess is like kind of the best way to describe yeah. this. Um, the uh, the actor who I'd never seen in anything before uh, was Jacob. Uh, I'm gonna go with Sedergan. I don't know if that's right, uh, but uh, he's really good. Um, I I don't know. Like he, I think he's mostly just done films in his country, but uh, he's really good. Uh, Gustav Moller is the director. Uh, I had not seen anything else of his. He hadn't done much else. He's got a movie he's working on with Jake Gyllenhaal actually. Uh, that was written by Patrick Ness, who is, uh, wrote uh, Monster Calls, uh, which is a really good movie. So uh, it's called Snow Blind. It's based on a graphic novel. So maybe that's going to come out soon. But uh, but this movie, I I it's just awesome. And it's on Hulu, if you have Hulu. It's like an hour and 25 minutes. Um, and so if you like movies like that, where they take place in one location and, you know, the, the way they have to, it's a very create, they, it's a very creative use of that type of movie, which I appreciated. And it's just, it's a pretty great thriller just because you don't really know what all's going on. And, uh, cause you're, you're stuck there. You can't see any of these people. They're just voices on the phone and it's really effective. So it's a, it's a high recommend for me. Uh, that's called the guilty. Nice. Yeah, I'm going to talk. I'm, I probably oversold it. I am actually not really all that angry at this movie. Um, I uh, watched, I think, on Amazon Prime, uh, the movie Annette. Um, and this uh, is Marianne Cotillard and Adam Driver and is a musical, kind of an opera. Yeah. It's got I haven't very, seen it yet. It's got I'm, a very I'm opera planning on watching it. feel to it. Mm -hmm. uh, this is one of those movies I think that is the definition of divisive, right? It's going to be one of those movies that I think you're either going to love or hate. And a lot of that is going to depend on how much you're, you're willing to give yourself to the uniqueness of the format. Um, this is a movie where everybody sings exactly what they're thinking and not in interesting ways either so like one of the songs uh after they have their baby who is the uh titular character annette um is their baby they have their baby and so adam driver will turn to the camera and go um this is a baby this is my baby you know like that's this that is the whole movie is just people singing 
random, uninteresting thoughts. <laughs> um, and so I I wanted to like this movie so bad because it's so unique, so interesting. Visually, it's it's kind of cool. Like the um, the baby is not portrayed by an actual infant uh, or is the child as she grows up. Um, it's portrayed with puppetry. Um, and so, and actually this is an interest, the one thing I like about this movie is the, um, the progression of the child, um, both visually how they do it, the puppetry, that kind of stuff. And also what I think it's saying about parenting, which is how we make parenting about ourselves instead of about the actual human being, uh, that we're trying to raise. Um, that's, that's some stuff that I was able to, to kind of find my way into, but the movie is so over sincere and performative that it reminded me of do you remember the snl skits uh called like high school home theater or something like that where it was like 80 bryant and a bunch of the snl cast mm-hmm. and they would do all these like super artistic things and yes like, yes and the and the disease was aids you know yeah. like it's just very over you know, sincere. That's how I felt during this entire movie was like, I get it. You're artsy. You're pretentious. Like it's just, so yeah, I had a rough experience with this one and ended up really not liking it. Um, but again, I can totally see how somebody might love it. And I hope you do. Like, I hope you find this like fascinating and interesting and enjoy yourself watching it. But man, I just, uh, Annette was not for me. And, um, had yeah. you seen Ooh. Holy Motors, which was the another, I which is probably not. the most popular film of this director, Leo's Carax or mm-hmm. Carax? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, Holy Motors is an interesting movie too. You might like it better. I don't know, but it's that they sound kind of similar in a weird way, although they're not the same. But uh, he's definitely got a vision <laughs> that he mm-hmm. he one hundred percent goes in with. So interesting yeah. i'm 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 st- i'm definitely checking it out because it's just sounds too fascinating not to check out i'm uh, i'm getting some pushback in the comments uh somebody saying you can't just have your actors state how they feel that makes me feel angry um <laughs> there's a difference between actors stating how they feel and just stating the things that they're doing in objects around them like you know like there's this is a fork yes thank you yes um so this anyhow. is my cup <laughs> mhm yes I'm hungry and thirsty. Did you Here's see the my movie? Garnish. Did you see that? It feels like you saw the movie. Um, this anyhow. is my life. <laughs> that would be amazing if Danae watched like one 2021 movie and it was a net. <laughs> I did have moments where I, I thought, would Danae love this? Danae might love this. Might. I don't like I, it's there's just something so quirky and in um and i love adam driver too so i'm always yeah. interested to see what he's up to but uh oh my yeah, goodness sound... he plays a stand-up comedian in this and <laughs> that they, seems weird it, it is so weird and his they show his whole stand-up routine which is him like i'm telling a joke now and this joke made you laugh now laugh and it's just so, like <laughs> was this better than the jim jarmusch movie <laughs> The only dead. Oh, the what? He's done a couple, but the only dead left alive, or whatever that one was called, the one with Bill oh, Murray. Yeah, yeah. Um, the movie's like just kicking you in the balls the whole time. It correct. Feels like. This movie is not trolling you, um, <laughs> and that's worse for me. So no, the the other one is worse for me. Um, yeah, whatever that one was, the dead dead don't die. No, that's something else. I don't know. I forget what that was called. I've put it out of my mind. Anyhow, yeah. I will soon put a net out of my mind as well. But before I out do, of my mind. I would thought I would tell you. Yeah, Aaron's like watching the movie. He's like, I'm watching a net. I'm giving a review now. <laughs> it is a bad review. 
I just like Aaron just tweeted out his letterbox review and it just said, I did not like this or something like that. I can't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's real simple. Like yeah. the star rating in the review didn't say that. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, well, there you go. That's Red Dead Redemption 2, the wolf scene, as Danae played it. Uh, the Guilty on Hulu and Annette, which is available on Amazon. Prime. That's going to do it for Behind the Scenes this week. Don't forget to make sure you're subscribed and go ahead and leave a comment or rating as well. If you've got anything you want to send us, you can mail it to us. P.O. Box 881, Republic, Missouri, 65738. Hang out with us on Twitter. I am at Aaron Dicer. She is at Danae Says. D-E-N-E-E-S-A-Y-S. And he is at Sam Loomis 13. So for Jonathan Watkins, Danae Hughes, a puppet child, and myself, we will see you next week. Happy calendar adjustment day. <laughs> oh, I had that I had that yesterday. What should I do? <laughs> what should I do? <laughs> Thanks for listening. Send any feedback to BTS at cinemasins.com. And be sure to subscribe, rate, and comment. Find more ways to connect by visiting cinemasins.com slash BTS. Let's go. It's time to do the show. Uh, how is everybody? I want to take a break from heartache. Drive away from all the tears I've cried. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm a yeah. wasteland down inside. Oh, I'm sorry. You know, the whole like, I would swallow the pond. I would swallow the mind. With the lack thereof, would leave me empty inside. Yes. Swallow my yeah, doubt, been turn it inside out, find, inside, find, found inside nothing out. but faith in nothing. Want to put my tender Want heart my in a tender blender. Heart in a blender. Watch it spin away like a beautiful oblivion. you. Well, this is burn, burn like a wicker cabinet. So wide and oh, so frail. This is fabulous. I feel our love has stale. gotten stale. You really don't know this song, Aaron? No, I don't know or if I've ever. I, oh my God. <laughs> you know how like The Office makes me mad? Oh, so no. does this show. Oh, no. Yeah. Really? Like that bad. Why? Why is, I'm curious yeah, why the show why? makes you mad. I just thought it was bland. I don't know. It hit something in me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, this is a fucking waste of my God. Just get it's like that. Oh, this is so interesting. A character is a different character. Ooh, that's fun. It's like fucking Marvel's Halloween. It's like, oh, that's my sin. Hold on, let me write that down. <laughs> this is gonna. This conversation is gonna have to happen again in like well, a we month. We can talk. We can <laughs> so. talk about just the what if series. But I'm just saying, like, you could do something like like Man in the High Castle is a great example. The yeah, book, like alternate I, histories, I alternate universes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Love that idea, and uh, but if this is all it's going to be, I have no interest in whatever they're doing Here's, in the films either. If this is what they're going to be doing, like, oh look, we're going to this world where uh, Iron Man is actually Black Widow, Howard the Duck, yeah. <laughs> Howard the Duck. Uh, I, I wrote a great, I wrote a scene I'm very happy with about Howard the Duck. You'll probably cut it, but uh, I really like. I'm going to cut so. them all. <laughs> actually, I just plan on just using your script. <laughs> Just be like, this is just because all Jonathan. It- Ooh, she has blonde hair. Oh, this is so interesting. Shut up. <laughs> Sorry. What the fuck? Well done. Swear singing.
I would swallow my pride. I would choke on the rhymes, but the lack thereof would leave me empty inside. Swallow my doubt, turn it inside out. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Warm through my tender heart in a blender. Watch us spin around like a beautiful oblivion. Rendezvous, then I'm through with you. Oh, that was creepy. Danae just lip synced Jonathan live, and it freaked me out quite a bit. Let me welcome everybody to the wild, wild west. <laughs> wild, wild west. Like Elliot Ness. The track hits your eardrums like a slug to your chest, so pack a vest for your Jimmy in the city. Wild, wild west. We in the sunshine state where the bomb has hit me. The state where you're never on a dance floor empty and pimps me. Aaron's like, what is this who let the dogs out? I don't, I don't know what that is. <laughs> What is this Macarena? I have no idea what you're talking about. Hey, Macarena. Why are we talking about Polly Shore like again? (laughs) Weren't we talking about Polly Shore last week? Yeah, buddy. Polly Shore does not deserve two weeks of conversation. Listen, listen. Polly is. Yeah, Biodome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. National treasure. National treasure. Yeah, I have weird memories of comedians growing up. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I don't even know the name of this comedian, but there was a special we had taped off TV. Maybe it was like a young comics kind of thing or like new comics, Mm -hmm. upcoming comics. And there was this just one guy who I watched over and over again. And I don't even remember who it was, but I still remember those jokes. Like he would talk about, um, you know, he was going to uh, San Jose and somebody said, well, you don't pronounce the J in in San Jose. Uh, Oh, that sounds really And they were like, well, how long are you going to be there? And he goes, "Um, through Hune and Hugh Lai. (laughs) Like, I don't, like that joke of all things, just like it stayed with me for 30 years or whatever. Uh, It's just, it's it's funny to to hear this. Oh, and the other one was like. uh, That sounds really familiar. The other one that just like is vividly in my brain is the the guy was like, man, if you ever, if you go out to the, the uh, the East Coast, they are so rude over there. Um, I was like staying in a hotel and I heard a knock on the door and they said, housekeeping. Um, and he said, I'm not ready. They're like, housekeeping, I need to come in and clean up. And he was like, okay. And he said, I opened the door. They came in, took a shower and left. <laughs> I was just like, why do I, why does this stand <laughs> out to me? <laughs> I don't know. That's kind of, that's kind of gold. Because once I kind of know what will get someone to kind of crack open, I love to explore that, which is part of the entertainment part of my brain. And I it ended up with me taking out three shelves of the refrigerator and climbing inside of it. Uh, I just love making people laugh. And that's in a moment. That's something that like you do in a moment. And I'll never forget it because, well, one, it was cold. But two, I didn't actually fit. And three, it kind of hurt. But four... My friend fell down the stairs because she was laughing so hard she couldn't like. Nice. She just kind of like she kind of like was sitting on the floor wow. and then she was laughing so she was in I'd stitches. Say you killed yeah. Her. Yeah. And she just kind of like dum 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 down these stairs and I, it was like it's like one of those standout things like that happens with all my <laughs> friends groups where there's just these moments where you burst into laughter. I s- imagine like the, the mom coming in though. <laughs> <laughs> like her kid is like her head is open and bleeding and Danae's in a refrigerator with no shelves. It's like the hangover. <laughs> I am, I'm a squishy person and I, I used to be very uh, fit, like where I'm like, oh yeah, there was a time I could have done something like that, you know, where if I, where I was so dedicated to being in balance and having this like incredible connection to the strength of the body. Anyhow, I've just, so now I'm like, I'm just fucking obsessed with watching this shit. Like, I'm right now 
instead of looking at you guys, watching PSO Atlantic poll champion Ashley Fox, a 2021 video. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's insane. It's astonishing. It's, be- it's I'm confused. <laughs> Gravity is not working the same in that building as no. uh, in most places. There's a uh, different uh, physical uh, physics. Yes, like how exactly. how is she holding on to this pole? How? Yeah, they have like they have like pole dancing classes at some places. Yes, they and do. It's not, they it's do. not for people that are wanting to be strippers. No, it's I would just... love I would love to like believe that there would come a day where maybe I could like not fall down. <laughs> So that's number one is like achievable goals. to learn how to walk a little bit better. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park 